FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 819. Today, Wednesday, it is the 18th of January. And this morning we have as guest from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, we have SRO Dustin Cox and SRO Sam Truby. And again, talking about schools and uh, everything that happens within them and also some upcoming programs. But I guess first, let's start off with the school zones because i know that's obviously a topic that a lot of people are driving through every single day no it is do a little introduction i'm sergeant dustin cox within the rutherford county sro division i'm also over all the crossing guards in the county and having a lot of complaints not only towards our crossing guards but uh, crossing guard complaints about speeders in our school zones so it'd be a good time to discuss the law per se about these parents driving in school zones when it comes to those school zones, this also covers those teenage drivers who are leaving school every day. And, and I'm guessing some of them don't even realize what some of the certain laws are when it comes to driving in a school zone. Absolutely. So even when they're leaving school, the student drivers leaving, the, the speed limit is 15 miles per hour. Uh, that's where you're in the parking lots, uh, having a lot of issues with students trying to get out of the school quick. We know how that traffic gets. Um when the bell rings, these kids are running out to the cars uh, so they don't hit that traffic. But these student drivers need to understand that just because you're in a parking lot, we still got to um, obey the traffic laws. Take your time. You'd be surprised on how many wrecks we have with student drivers just trying to leave school, trying to cut out in front of a car because they want to don't want to wait, have no patience to wait. I do have a student driver uh, who goes to Stewart's Creek High School, and I tell her sometimes it's best to just sit and wait. Yeah. Well, wait five, ten minutes. Let the traffic die down, and then you may leave. Uh, sometimes it's safer. But, yeah, it's anywhere that, where there's school traffic lights are flashing, it's 15 miles per hour until you hit that sign until you exit. I've had a lot of uh, calls asking, what if the lights are flashing, but you don't see students? Here in Rutherford County, it doesn't state 15 miles per hour when, when students are present. It says when the lights are flashing, it's 15 miles per hour. So these drivers need to understand the lights stay on about 35 minutes after the bell rings. So if a high school gets out at 3.30, the lights usually don't turn off to about 4.10, 4.15. Uh, so still hit that 15 miles per hour through there because you never know who's walking home. Uh, you could have a student uh, walking at having to do late schoolwork stay at school and, and now they're walking home so that's why we keep them on a little longer hey, i know a lot of parents when it comes to their 15 uh, year old who has a driver's permit they'll switch seats with their child and, and let them drive out of the school parking lot what happens in the cases where you have a, a driver learning to drive and they're pulled over in a school zone and and they receive a ticket I, could that be detrimental for them you know getting that license on time um it depends on how many tickets you receive on your record. Uh, you're allowed so many points on your driver's license, um, and that's including wrecks. Uh, when you get in a wreck and a report is made, you get points added to your, your license. Once you receive so many points, they will suspend your license. 
So it's very important uh, for these 15 year olds that are, are driving with your parents in the cars. These parents have to really hone down on the importance of it and teach them at a young age so they know what school zones, what's not, why you drive the speed limit. And all honesty, it's all because safety of yourself and every driver. That's what it is. And again, the school zone is, of course, active before school starts and then also when school lets out. What about the times where you're driving and you know schools are not in session that day, but those school crossing lights are on? What are we supposed to do in those cases? That's a, that's a good question. So we have a guy who fixed these lights. We do have lights that flash. Uh, some reason turns on it on a Saturday at two o'clock. So what you do is if you see a, a school sign flashing when there's no school, uh, you're to contact uh, uh, the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department. They will call my uh, cell phone and tell me the school lights are flashing. Then I will send an email and get them turned off uh, as quick as I can. So if any citizen drives by school and it's flashing when there's no school, nighttime, weekends, just call the Sheriff's Department, let them know the light's flashing at that particular school, and they will contact me and I'll get it turned off. Do you ever have issues where somebody is actually pulled over and charged with drunk driving in a school zone? Personally, I've, I've never experienced that as a law enforcement officer, but I do know that happens. Uh, I do know that uh, people drive drunk under the influence of anything, whether it's narcotics or just drinking and driving. They come through school zones. We have students that are under the influence when they leave school. That does occur in our county. Can we catch them all? No, to be honest. But if, if uh, they are, we'll eventually catch them and they'll be charged with driving on the influence. Of course, if somebody's on a cell phone, it could give the appearance they're drunk because you see folks all the time who are trying to text and drive. They're literally all over the road. They are, and that is a new state law that came about a couple of years ago is distracted driving. If you are on your cell phone driving, you can receive a ticket for that. We teach that in these schools now. Myself, I am the coordinator for distracted driving as well. I try to get into schools um, it's slowed down some since COVID, um, but we're going to try to get it back. Uh, but if you're on your cell phone texting, FaceTiming, um, it's a hands-free law is what it's called. So both your hands has to be on the steering wheel. So even if you're on a phone call and you're holding your phone in your hand on speaker, you still have the cell phone in your hand. So it is considered breaking the law with hands-free. What's wild is you said that sometimes you've even had students leave school intoxicated. So obviously they're I don't know if they're taking drugs, if they're drinking somehow during school hours, but what have you seen within our schools that is really concerning that parents should really be aware of and look out for? There's a lot of things occurring in the schools um, that these parents are unaware of. Uh, I was on the show last month and I spoke um, about uh, these parents got to get involved. The social media is a big thing. Uh, a lot of kids will be under the influence of something and they'll they'll tweet it out they'll put it on snapchat instagram they'll tell everybody hey this is what i'm doing so i encourage parents to be involved with your child uh whether they're 17 or what when they're in, living in your household uh, you you make that decision whether you want to look at their phone i'm so involved with my child's uh social network uh, we check it on a daily basis um we we get notifications when something occurs during school and somebody's on social media um, and her phone dings, my phone dings as well. So I can view what's going on and that's a good way for parents to more get involved and know what your kid's doing. 
So how big of a role has actually looking at and monitoring social media at whatever school you're, you're at, how big of a deal has that become when it comes to everyday practices of an SRO? Oh man, it's, it's an everyday thing. And, and back when I guess we were in school, we didn't have that. Uh, we had those pagers that beeped and uh, your parents told you you got 20 minutes to call me back. If not, you're in trouble. Now we've got elementary kids with cell phones. I'm at a K through eight. Uh, I'm the SRO at Thurman Francis, and I have middle school kids that walk around with phones. I'm sure they're in elementary as well, but I've seen fourth and fifth graders have cell phones in their backpacks. So that's where we're going. That's the world we live in now. Just know that these social media sites have an age limit, and these kids are, are lying about their age. You're supposed to be 13 to have a social media account. Well, we got nine-year-olds that have one, and they're saying they're 15 years old. Um, so it is dangerous, and it, but it's, it's at every school in the county. When it comes to things like Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter, it's fairly easy for an adult to, to search and find things on those three social media sites. But when it comes to Snapchat, it can be a little more difficult. How are you able to find out about, let's say, for example, a threat of a fight at a local school or a threat of, uh, in some cases, a bomb or, or worse at local schools? How do you find out about those things through things like Snapchat? Snapchat is very difficult. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of Snapchat. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, Snapchat is one of those that if you post something, it goes away. I mean, you can't review it. Uh, there's, there's, I'm sure there's back channels to review that. However, we got some excellent, excellent students in this county. Um, we locate any threats, um, drugs in school when they Snapchat stuff is we, you know, majority, 95% of our students, they'll see it and they'll screenshot it. And then they're smart enough and intelligent and they'll show it to their SRO, their teacher, um, and that's how we really get more involved in the investigation. We find out, uh, thank you for letting us know, and then that turns into investigation of who Snapchatted at, uh, and then we, we go from there. So without the students that, that are not afraid, that, that are doing the right thing uh, to protect themselves and everybody else in schools, uh, without those students in schools, it, it would be very difficult to find out what they're doing. And is it important to keep the names of the student who comes to you and says, you know, here's what I saw today on Snapchat. It sounds pretty serious. Are you able to keep their names hidden from, you know, whoever who posted it? Absolutely. We keep it. We keep students who, who come and tell us uh, we keep the anonymous. Um, uh, we do not throw a child or student under the bus. Uh, we refuse to do that. Um, uh, we, we find other reasons and f find other ways. After getting that information, we dig more into social media and find ways to say, this is what we found on social media. So yes, we keep that private, uh, confidential. Um, we don't tell anybody how we got it. Is the sheriff's office technologically advanced enough to where kids can actually send information through their phone to the SROs? Uh, absolutely. We What we do a lot of times is if it's anything major, well, we have to call our CID unit to investigate a social media threat. Um, we try to gather um, uh, many phones we can uh, before they delete them. Um, so we have great detectives that come out to the schools and, and work these. 
on a constant basis. And uh, the SROs are supposed to just gather all the phones we can that have seen it, that has it on their phone, and we gather all that, and the detectives turn around and and put them on a, a, a drive that we can have so we can um, go to court. Again, this morning we're talking about the Rutherford County School Resource Officer Program and how the different officers are involved with each school. And, and for the larger high schools and middle schools in town, how many SROs are at each school? So currently we have two SROs at every high school in the county. Uh, we have one SRO in every middle school and one SRO in every elementary school. And so are, are there also SROs who are kind of rotating around to different schools as needed? Um, as of right now, uh, we are a little short. Um, that, is a, that is a goal of the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department is to um, uh, have a supervisor, um, a sergeant per se, and that turns around and, and supervises a group of schools. And if somebody calls out sick, we have an SRO that's going to court. We would love to have that. Hopefully, eventually, soon, we'll have that. But as of right now, we don't have an SRO that just rides around and, and checks on schools when they're absent. Um, we try to uh, send one of the high school SROs to a middle school to check on them, and that SRO's out. Uh, or an elementary school to rotate multiple schools throughout the day just to be seen, just to walk through the hallways, to give these students a little at ease that they do see a police officer in the school. Now, I know there are some events coming up that the uh, SRO division is, is helping out with and spearheading, but before we get to those events, what are, I guess, some of the biggest issues that parents may not be aware of that they should be aware of? And I know we talked about social media being one of them and just monitoring social media, but what else is of concern? Usually about 99% of the concerns in school, whether it's fights, whether it's um, selling of uh, legal narcotics, whether it's taking them, um, uh, threats. Uh, we have a lot of, a lot of threats that students are making. All that that happens in schools ends up on social media somehow. Uh, so, I mean, I can tell you 10 to 12 things that's going on in schools. But everything that happens in schools, these students are taking it to social media. So, I mean, that's kind of hard to answer, um, as in besides social media, because everything, every information we receive uh, from students, it's on social media. And that's how we really get involved is because kids are bringing it to us. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in schools now. The world's changing. These kids are getting smarter. And there's a lot of households that these kids are smarter on their electronics than the parents are. And I'm one of them. Uh, my, my kids tell me how to work my phone sometimes, <laughs> and I ask them for advice uh, to, to try to do some investigation. I, I get my kids to help me because that's the only way that, that, that that's how these kids are working. Another thing, bullying used to be a big problem in schools, but it was bullying that was done face-to-face. -face. Nowadays, there's bullying that's done online. I guess cyberbullying is what you would call it, but that is something that I guess continues to be a problem nationwide that sometimes leads to suicide of, of teenagers. Yes. Bullying, bullying is, uh, it's big. Um, and it, it starts from, um, Truby's and Elementary starts from kindergarten all the way up to, to high school. Um, a lot of cases of bullying, we do some of the investigation, um, but bullying is a school discipline issue. So if we get notified of a bullying issue, we do a little investigation. Once we determine it's not against the law, we turn it over to the school, and, and the school has a great policy where they do bullying uh, reports. 
The principals take care of that, document it. Uh, they take it up to their supervisors, the principals do, and uh, they do, do school discipline with bullying now. While playground fights or after-school fights used to be a really big deal in, in public high schools and middle schools, is that still as big of a problem, or are problems through social media even bigger? Are we still seeing a lot of school fights? Uh, we're seeing we're, we're seeing a lot of fights in high schools. Um, we have them in middle schools. Very rare do we have them in elementary. Usually, elementary it's horse playing. Uh, kids are going a little bit too far. Um, uh, we try to uh, let the school handle that, uh, call the parents in, uh, discuss, and let the school discipline. Um, middle schools and high schools, there's fights in schools. Um, uh, I hate to say on a daily basis, but it, it happens, it occurs a, a quite a bit. Um, and we have to investigate, and uh, they get they get citations where they have to go to court for disorderly conduct in school. I was going to ask about that because I know when I was in high school, if you got into a fight, you, you either got suspended, you got in-school suspension or out-of-school suspension, you got a paddling. But these days, it's a little different because you do have actual officers within each school. So what what determines you know if you're going to go this legal route and file charges or you're going to go this route and suspend the child? How do you determine what to do? Uh, through the investigation, there's cameras in every school, too. Um, so if there's a fight in school, uh, the SROs respond. If the fight is kind of calmed down, broken up before the SRO gets there, they do their investigation. Um, the school still does their school punishment, um, and it can range anywhere from ISS, OSS to remandment uh, to zero tolerance. So it really depends on the circumstance of the the fight or the assault Um uh, the SROs uh, will then either, um, they have choices. They can write them a citation, uh, which they have to go appear in court as well, um, or they can make arrest on scene, um, depending on the severity of it. So, yes, it becomes disorderly conduct. Uh, a lot of parents argue that my kid was defending myself. If you really, really break down the law, and we don't arrest a child for assault unless the other child has uh, went and told a teacher that didn't fight back, um, it becomes disorderly conduct. Um, we do have cases that we have a fight and the child is um, in a corner and can't go tell somebody and can't remove, so he has to defend himself to get away from that situation. Yes, that becomes an assault on one party. It doesn't become disorderly uh, because that child had nowhere else, nowhere else to go. Uh, but when you start fighting back and it's two people in a fight in the middle of a hallway, Yes, it, it becomes disorderly conduct for both parties. So it, I guess it doesn't always equal, you know, a, a court case. It doesn't always equal an actual charge being filed. I guess it also depends on how in-depth the fight was. I mean, were there broken bones involved or was it just a, a typical fight between two guys who, who, you know, roughed each other up a little bit but didn't get seriously injured? Yeah, that that happens. Um it, what we do is we investigate the altercation thoroughly. We re talk to witnesses, figure out what was said prior to that, uh, if there's any talk about it. Um, we watch the video cameras, talk to the teacher who witnessed the fights. We do a thorough investigation. These SROs are great. They investigate it, and then they make a determination what they want to do. And as supervisors, we help guide them. Uh, a lot of times we just say, it sounds good to me, um, because they know what they're doing. 
uh, these SROs know how to do their job and we trust them. And uh, we feel as supervisors that uh, something else should be done. Then we help guide them to that way. But yeah, it all becomes down to investigation on, on uh, what occurred, what happened before, when teachers broke it up, both parties still try to go after each other, or they finally calm down. So it really depends on everything that occurs. Again, this morning we have from the School Resource Officer Department with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, SRO Sergeant Dustin Cox, and also Sam Truby, SRO. And if you have any questions, just text those to us at 615-893-1450. And uh, one of the questions we have here is asking about school zones and the use of cell phones. And I know we we touched base on that, uh, but I guess they're asking is it 100% illegal to use a cell phone in a school zone? And I guess they're curious, does that mean hands-free or with your hands on it? Obviously, we already covered that. You can't use it with, you know, holding it in your hand. But can you use a cell phone if it's a hands-free device in a school zone? Oh, absolutely. If, if you, the hands-free law, both hands must be free of any electronic device. Um, so, yes, you can... And I always call, you could ask Siri for everything. Yeah. Every phone now has Siri. So you ask Siri to call home, put on speaker. Uh, that is totally fine. But if you pull up your phone, check the internet, check social media, check your text with your phone in hand, that is where the hands-free gets because your hand is on a electronic device. And if you saw somebody using their cell phone, you know you saw it and you have them pulled over and everything, are you able to legally say, well, let me look at the cell phone to see if you just sent a text um no and yes I, I i wouldn't um i would say this is the reason why i pulled you over um and i would let the judge and the court figure out if they want to pull records during the time of the stop um it hands-free uh gives us um probable cause to pull you over figure out what you was doing why you was on your phone and if uh, the driver says i wasn't on my phone um, that's the officer discretion on what he wants to do. That officer wants to do there is write him a ticket, let him go say that in front of a judge or say, Hey, and give him the rundown of the law and give him a warning. Um, so that's totally up to the, the officer that pulled you over. It's an officer discretion there, but it is dangerous. And if that officer feels like that person was on the phone, it gives that officer um, probable cause to pull that person over. And I'm guessing nine times out of 10, it's not the SROs of the schools that are out there monitoring the traffic. It's, the, the highway patrol they do a good job of having state troopers at various schools from time to time and then you also have if it's in the city limits murphy's bros smyrna or laverne police out there we do um very rare do we have sros go out there and write tickets to our parents um does it happen sure um but what happens is is if the sro feels like there's people speeding in school zones um thp is is great to work with uh they send uh, troopers out in school zones to um, pull cars over for doing illegal activity, uh, speeding, uh, legal passing, uh, hands-free. Um, Merseville City is great to work with. We make phone calls there. Smyrna is great. Laverne is great. So uh, we do make those phone calls, and, and they come when they can, and they patrol our school zones um, on the streets while the SROs protect that school uh, with their child in it. And we have to take a short break, but when we come back, I know there is a special event coming up, 
and it's for special needs children who are right here in our own community. And uh, I, I guess you guys are doing a fundraiser that's going to help out with an upcoming event. And then uh, on top of that, there's a cornhole contest that's nearing as well. So we'll talk about those items in just a second. Right now, the time, 845. And if you have a question, you can text it in, 615-893-1450. Again, the time right now, 845. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Whether you're a brand new hobbyist or have been into aquariums for a long time, we have all of the supplies to either get you started or keep you going. One of the best things about coming to Animal City is the knowledgeable and caring staff. We are here to help you with all your pet needs. When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Brew, here's what you've been missing. I tip my cap to you, sir. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. Speaking of tipping our cat, tip our cap to her. The Wake Up (laughs) Brew. (laughs) Weekday mornings from 6 until Swap and Shop. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. We'll see a few spotty rain showers at times this afternoon. A cloudy skies, a high of 70 degrees. And then for tonight, a chance for showers and thunderstorms. Cloudy alone near 54. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 48. They have wonderful people who work here. Terry Deal, who was over in Independent. Terry was out there with her two little girls picking up limbs, and I thought, that's not part of her job. She's over. But she, that's the way she is. And that's what I found that so many of the people who work here, they go above and beyond of what their job is. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank. 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.47, you're listening to WGNS again on this Wednesday morning today, the 18th of January. And this morning we're talking about the school resource officer program within the county schools. And uh, again, our guest today, SRO Dustin Cox and SRO Sam Truby, and that's uh, Sergeant Cox. And 
we mentioned before the break a fundraiser that is coming up and the one of the fundraisers is to raise money to buy kids school clothing so tell us more about that so the cornhole tournament that we're doing it's a fundraiser for middle and high school um it, last year was just high school um, but it's to raise money to take the students that are needing a little more help and we take the we get gift cards after this fundraiser we take them shopping it's like shop with the sheriff but it's for our older kids it's for middle and high school students so are people donating gift cards or are they donating cash what what are they doing so businesses are donating a lot of the businesses are donating gift cards um we have some businesses that are doing sponsorships and then we have um everyday like i mean just citizens that want to donate money how can i help so i mean we'll accept all of we'll accept all of that because uh, all it does is helps a student out even more the more of course the more money we have the more students we can take and i know this has always been a problem it seems like in school and that is the clothing that kids wear you know they can get made fun of just like when we were in high school i mean it still happens today and that's got to be tough on a lot of kids well and that's the one of the big things of course i'm in an elementary school but it even happens in elementary school but when you get to middle and high school students go to school to learn but if they don't want to be in school because of what they wear or what how they dress or they don't have enough money to buy the newest this that or the other then that's going to be on their mind more than trying to learn and trying to better themselves they're constantly down on themselves because they they know that they don't have what other students have you know it's almost like a middle school's the toughest at least i i've noticed over the years it seems like middle school's the toughest the kids in middle school they're at an age where you know they're hitting puberty they're growing taller their clothes may not fit right it's just one of the the toughest couple of years for a lot of kids out there absolutely so the thing about middle school i always say that elementary school they really don't have a like they really don't care what other people think but when you get to middle school they're finding themselves so they're still trying to figure out what style they want to wear but they're also growing five six seven inches so they don't have that opportunity they don't like they need their parents might not have that money to continuously buy brand new stuff well we we also talked um earlier about um the world we live in and and um people change and now we're getting when we're sending schools and and i have a teenage daughter um a lot of the 80s clothing is coming back and uh a lot of clothing uh, when you get in high schools and middle schools now, uh, they don't want to wear clothes with big logos on them. It's going to the point now where they want just a plain sweatshirt or a plain t-shirt. When you have this big logo, these kids are not, we're not going to go bullying, but these kids are talking about, oh, look at that girl's shirt. Look at that boy's shirt. He has a big logo. That looks silly. That looks dumb. And then what it does is it gets back to that child. And that child goes home and talks to the parents and be like, hey my clothes are outdated we don't wear this no more well the way our economy is things are going up and some of these parents who are least fortunate they can't go buy and afford new clothing so that child can be accepted in that school and that's where we're at is 
a lot of these kids are wanting to wear what's being accepted in school. And when uh, Esro Truby came by this two years ago, says, how do we change this? And we turn around and says, well, what do you think? So he says, well, we need to get students in middle school and high school who, who can't go buy clothes on a monthly, every six-month basis, and they have to wear that clothes until they grow out. Because if a child goes to school and feels like nobody likes them because of what they wear, um, it hurts them mentally. Um, they don't want to be there. And when a child doesn't want to be at school, the school grades go down. And then we have a situation that that we're too far deep into. Um, so this program that Truby started was to help these kids that need help. And they get the option of going to dealers and buying stuff that fits in with the world we live in. The clothing, um, I know the bell bottoms are real hot now. When I was in school, we didn't wear that stuff. Um, however, now it's back in. So I've got two girls that says, Daddy, this is what happens. We need this. And I'm like, <laughs> like, well, you've got like 17 pairs of jeans. This, some kids that don't have two. Yeah. So wear them. Um, but that's what I'm getting. So it's going in schools. Uh, and our students are telling these, these SROs. So that's another reason why Tribute did it is just because we're allowing these students to buy the updated clothing and, and not wearing clothing that was 10 years ago. And because of where we live, Rutherford County, we live in a county, for anybody who's lived here for five to 10 years, they know how much we've grown over the years. But in Rutherford County, the price of homes has really skyrocketed. I remember five to 10 years ago, a house that sold for $200,000 is now selling for $500,000 or more. It's crazy when you look back at the prices of homes and how things have grown. And that being said, it makes it really hard on a lot of families who live here, who just moved here especially, to spend that kind of money on a house. And of course, that means rent at apartments has probably tripled over the last five to 10 years as well. So bills for people are outrageous right now. Bills, groceries, gas, um, school, I mean, the lunch at schools, there's a lot of things that that are going up. Um, you know, eggs are up to three, four dollars a dozen. Um, so this, this we, we wanted to really hone in on uh, the help from the community because um, there's people out there that, that has 20 bucks, uh, $40, that says, hey, I want to take this and give it to somebody who needs it. Um, that, that's where we're at here, and that's where we're really trying to um, get the community and get these parents and schools that, that, um, that want to help. Um, you know, get with your SRO at your school. Um, call them, email them. Uh, they will send you straight to SRO Truby to find out how the way you can help. Um, it don't matter if it's five bucks. Um, you know, a hundred people donate five bucks. I mean, you just that right there did nothing but clothe two kids in the county with some clothes. Um, we we know he will take anything from. Uh, cash donations, a check. Um, if you just want to go get a gift card somewhere that at the cornhole tournament, we're doing gift card giveaways to raise more money. So all these, all this proceeds that's occurring at this cornhole tournament on February 4th. Um, and I'll let him tell you the date location, all that. 
100% of that proceeds is going straight to the kids back in the schools. So if anybody listening wants to get involved, even if they don't have kids in the local schools, if they want to donate $1,000 or $2,000, a local business, they just call any of the county high schools? They can actually call me. My phone stays on me literally 24-7. It doesn't, it doesn't leave me. It's on the flyer. It's 615-203-4862. They can call me, we can set up, hey, where can we meet? Where can I send it? They can also, if they want to write a check and send it to the sheriff's department, they can do that as well. And it'll get to me, the money will get deposited, and the kids will get the help. Who does that check need to be made out to if somebody wants to send in a check? It's RCSCAAA, the Rutherford County Sheriff Citizens Academy Alumni Association and you'll just write that check out and that's exactly who will get it the Rutherford County Sheriff Citizens Academy Alumni Association so make the check out to R C S C A A A okay and then from there where it says memo clothing drive or or cornhole tournament correct Obviously, you don't have to have a kid attending one of the local schools in order to help out with this, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening who would like to help out and, and send in funds that will go towards buying kids school clothing. How do you go about picking which kids you're helping out? So we work really close. A lot of the SROs and the school counselors, like I talk to my school counselors all the time. And so whenever I'm going to pick, like for me, since I'm in an elementary school, it's shop with the sheriff, but I just go to my school counselor. We kind of already know what students we need to work with, but they might say, hey, this student just had this situation happen. We try to work closely with the schools to figure out what students need the most. Again, this morning, our guest today, Sergeant Dustin Cox and SRO Sam Truby with the Rutherford County School Resource Officer Program. And right now it's 8.59, so we have a little less than one minute left. And as we close, there is also a special event coming up for students with special needs. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so what that is is... um uh, in the fall, we also do a golf tournament fundraiser. Uh, that that date has not been uh, decided yet. However, all the funds for the golf tournament goes to the special needs kids in our county. What we provide is a fun day for the special needs kids in our county to take a field trip to the Agricultural Center in Murfreesboro. We have a petting zoo. We have inflatables. This year, we're going to have an SRO who's going to do some magic for these uh, special needs kids. So that, that will come up probably September-ish, uh, and that money goes to straight that, as well as the SRO scholarships. We give scholarships to the high school kids uh, to go to college. So do the SROs have a page on Facebook where people can interact and learn more? Uh, we don't. We, we actually are real close with our PIO, and we communicate with her, and she then posted on the, uh, the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office Facebook, and she does that bi-weekly to keep it updated uh, if any changes. Again, this morning we've been talking about the School Resource Officer Program and the different schools within Rutherford County, and we'll post this uh, podcast on our website in just a little while at wgnsradio.com, but that is going to do it for this morning. Coming up next, Ron Jordan takes a look at local news.